Hey guys, welcome back to the Wonder Pod. Um, I'm your host, Dean. I'm going to be interviewing Brooke from Cory Hill. Uh, Cory Hill Nature Center in Rochester, Minnesota. What what got you interested in being a naturalist or at Cory Hill? So I went to school for biology. Mm-hmm. So I studied environmental biology. So I studied nature. I didn't know I wanted to be a naturalist. I thought working at a nature center would be cool. When I got out of college, I worked as a para, so I worked closely with teachers. And I thought, wow, I really like teaching. I should go back and be a teacher. Mm-hmm. But then I got a job as a summer camp counselor here at Cory Hill. And a full-time position opened up in the fall, and I took it. And now I get to be out in nature doing what I love and teaching. Yeah, that's so. cool. Um, what, what do you do here at the Nature Center? I do a lot of things. Um, So when I first got hired on, I was a summer camp counselor. I'm still a summer camp counselor. Um, But I also take care of, I took care of the animals. But then, as you know, COVID happened. Yep. Things changed. Um, So we had to switch to digital learning. So we tried to take green time or screen time and turn it into green time. Um, So we made camp in a box. Um, where we sent camp home with all the counselors, or not with not with the counselors, with the kids. Yeah. Um, and we made videos. I never had made videos before. I had never been interested in making videos, but turns out I was pretty good at it. Nice. And I learned how to do it quickly, and I spent a lot of my time doing that. So now I work on our video projects. I run our social media, our Instagram account. Um, but now, starting this year, I also take care of the animals again. Cool. Um, so have you? is this something that you've always wanted to do? I don't know. I, it is my dream job. It definitely is my dream job. I love what I do every single day. I love being able to care for the animals and making sure they have good habitats and enclosures and having the things that they need. But I also love being able to create um, on a digital platform. So with videos, with Instagram reels, with our just pictures and documenting everything that happens um, Do you edit the videos or do you make the videos? Like, are you in the videos? Um, so most of the time, I'm the one behind the camera. Yep. Sometimes I am in front of the camera, but then just a lot of problems happen. So I'm normally behind the camera and I edit the videos as well. Oh, cool. Um, so can you go through the process of how do you feed the animals? Or who do you feed? Or yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we have mostly reptiles and amphibians here. Yep. So that means they don't have to eat every single day, which is kind of nice. Yeah, so the snakes is. right now are on their winter schedules, and I only offer them food every other week. <laughs> and sometimes they still refuse to take the food. So I just got done trying to feed the snakes. Only one of my nine snakes ate. Um, if you guys don't know what happened on the Cory Hill, what happened to the bees? Oh, yes, the bees. I said I had nine snakes. I only have seven snakes. It's only one of the seven snakes. Yeah. What happened to the bees? Well, we don't really know what happened to the bees, but I can tell you what we observed with the bees. So we had a great colony. The queen was amazing. She was laying eggs like she was supposed to. Because she was so amazing, she had a lot of offspring, a lot of workers. And when a hive fills up, the queen will make the decision to take half the hive and leave and find a new spot to continue growing her hive. Um, when that happens, the worker bees left behind will actually take larvae that are the right age, feed them royal jelly, and they'll try to create five new queens. Whichever queen emerges first, that queen goes and destroys the other queens. The queen that emerged out 
was a young queen and we don't think she ever took her mating flight we don't think she was ever a fertile queen so all the eggs she laid ended up being drone bees and drones don't do anything they don't help the hive so basically that led to their downfall um, you have a lot of really cool animals here at the Cory Hill. Which one's your favorite and why? That's a good question. Um, it definitely changes from time to time. My favorite animal, though, is probably the musk turtle. He's also known as a stink pot turtle. He's not a very good swimmer. He is an aquatic turtle, but that's just their species. Um, he's small, and a lot of people think he's a baby, but he's actually the oldest in our communal turtle tank. He's 17 years old. Um, but the turtles are my least favorite to take care of. My favorite animals, least favorite to take care of. Um, are there any animals here that you were afraid of or gross you out? Yes. Um, we actually had a young snapper who was outgrowing his enclosure, and I just have never really felt comfortable handling him, so I always used a net or other means to take him out of his tank. I never cleaned his tank when he was in there. Um, but he has been recently rehomed to a place where he has a much larger enclosure and I don't have to worry about being fearful anymore. Uh, nice. Uh, what happened to the tarantula that you guys used to have? So we had a rose hair tarantula and she just got old. Um, so she passed away. We have another tarantula, a red rump tarantula, and I believe it's a boy, so honestly, he probably won't live much longer. Male tarantulas only live, of that species, only live two to three years. Um, if it is a female, it could live up to 20 years. So if he continues to grow in age, then I will say it's a female. But right now, I think because of the size, it's a male. Um, is he out in Is he out in the open or like, is it yeah. in the public? Okay. Yeah. Um, I noticed that there's a lot of raspberries here in the summer. Do you pick any? Um, I do really enjoy Same. our raspberries, our black caps. Um, I don't ever go and harvest any. It's actually, you're not allowed to harvest here in a city park. Um, there's a no foraging rule, but when we are on program, when we have summer camps, there are opportunities where um, it is okay for us as a staff member and someone attending a group to, to harvest uh, berries. Cool. Well, last year we noticed a lot of uh, bird feeders were taken down here at Cory Hill. We, when we, when we asked about it, <sighs> sorry, we were here, we, we, sorry, that, that question, like, just take that out. Um, when we were here, asked about it, um, chronic wasting disease, what is that? Okay, so chronic wasting disease is a disease that affects the deer population. We had to change and alter our bird feeders because you're not, it's illegal to actually feed deer and congregate them in one spot. So because the deer could reach our bird feeders and they could all join and come together, our bird feeders don't meet regulation. Since then, we've put grates on top of our bird feeders, um, so that is supposed to deter the deer um, and help with that chronic wasting disease. Cool. Uh, what's your favorite state park here in Minnesota? Ooh, that's a good question. I really like anywhere up north um, along the shoreline. Gooseberry is a great one. Jay Cook State Park is a great one. Um, but here close to us, Whitewater State Park is probably the one I've visited the most, therefore is my favorite. How have you ever been to Boundary Waters? I haven't, no. It is a dream, though, of mine to go to the Boundary Waters. Have you been to the Boundary Waters? Um, I've been to something like the Boundary Waters. It was in the area, but it was like a camp. So we were in the Boundary Waters, but not like in the actual like protected area. Uh -huh. so, but it was just like the Boundary Waters. Um, 
because pretty much we had like camp counselors, so oh sweet, and we had a lot of people there. That's awesome. Um, what's your favorite trail here? My favorite trail is the trail to the old quarry. Um, it is just really beautiful and open. We've recently had um, volunteer groups take out the buckthorn. Um, there's a really nice natural stream that goes through. There's cool fossils you can find over there. And it's just a spot that doesn't have a lot of people. So it's kind of quiet and secluded, and I like that. Good. Um, have you been a, visited any natural parks? National parks? National. Yep, national. National parks. Um, have I visited any national parks? If I have, it was when I was young. Not in my memory years so okay. no um have you ever found any animals other than the mouse um that are lying around and you had to take care of it um not lying around but like kind of we found a squirrel me and my sister found a squirrel last year and we took care of it for a day before we brought it up um before we had time to bring it up to the wildlife rehabilitation center mm -hmm. um some animals, if they hit a window, like birds and things, um, will keep inside in a bird net and then just monitor them until they start to feel a little bit better. Um, and then we'll re-release them. So here at Cork Hill, we don't really keep animals for long-term, but we do keep animals um, for observation or we hold them until we can take them to a rehabilitation center. What is a what is a re Rehabilitation center. Rehabilitation center. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So it is a facility that is specifically designed to rehabilitate wildlife to make them better, so they can re-release them into the wild. Um. There is one up in the cities that takes absolutely any kind of animal. Um. It could be a baby mouse, a baby squirrel. It could be a snake. It could be um a baby deer. It could be a, an adult deer. I'm sure. Um. They will take pretty much anything and. If they can do something for it, they will take care of it until they can re-release it. Mm -hmm. There's another center, the Raptor Center, and they just take birds, hawks, owls, things like that. Oh, cool. Um, how many owls have you down? How many owls do you have down? Downstairs. Yeah. We have a screech owl. He lives back in the prairie room. Um, we've had him for about four years, three years. We got him back in 2020, and then we have another raptor. We have the kestrel. Now the raptors are a little bit different because I'm not the sole caretaker of them. They need a lot more maintenance. They need their mews cleaned every day. They need to be fed every single day. And so that's actually everyone's job here on staff. Oh, to take care that's of cool. Um, how can we all make sure that we are feeding birds and wildlife in our yard safely? That's a good question. Um, making sure that the products that you get come from a, a good source. Um, there are some foods out there, some bird foods that have a lot of fillers. Um, so just doing your research and knowing what kind of seeds are best for the birds in our area. Um, for wildlife, you know, there is like feeding deer. We just can't feed deer. It's illegal to feed the deer here in our area because of chronic waste disease. So just knowing rules and regulations like that if you have bird feeders that the deer are coming to, it's our responsibility to raise those bird feeders so that the deer can't get to them. Um, good. Uh, do you have any animals yourself? I do, yes. I don't have any reptiles, amphibians. I keep those here at work. Um, but I do have two dogs, a collie and a healer. Um, they're great. I have two cats of my own, um, but in my house there are five cats. Um, three are my brothers. Oh. And cool. then we have a rabbit. Her name's Karen. 
<laughs> um, so, oh yeah, how many summer camps do you lead every year? That's a good question. Um, so I normally lead the third and fourth grade summer camps. Um, so typically I'll lead two every summer. This past summer I actually was the lead of three different camps. Um, I did nature art, archaeology, and then catching critters. Um, but I can, I am trained in teaching any of our nature camps except for biker. I have not been on a biker nature camp yet. Um, me neither. I've been to a lot of them, but I haven't done that one. Um, what are what are some of the places that a lot of people go? Like the old quarry, new quarry, um, the lake, or like walk around the lake or stuff. I would say the well, the pond is a big one because yep. the pond's right here. So that's our favorite. If you have, if anyone has little kids, head out to the pond. There's always lots of animals. Even in the winter, you can see the muskrats sitting on the ice, diving into the water. Um, but the the new quarry is another place that I think a lot of people visit um, just because you can find the fossils and it really is an awesome landscape. It kind of feels like you're in a desert, but you're not. You just are on a bunch of limestone. Um, so the cave, uh, can you tell us the history and do you like leading stuff in the cave? Absolutely. I do love the cave. I was actually in the cave today um, as a second grader in um, Rochester. We've had trips that you go to the cave and learn about the soil and the makeup of the cave. But the history of the cave, there was a state hospital here near Quarry Hill. Quarry Hill was like the working grounds for the state hospital. Um, the cave was actually dug out of sandstone as a refrigerator. Um, so to store yep. fruits and vegetables. Um, from the farm to feed the people of the hospital. They started with one section of the cave, realized the hospital was growing, the farm was doing really well, so they had to build a second part. It took them about two to two and a half years to carve the whole cave. Um, took um, Thomas Coyne and six other men Is worked it, with him. How many secret areas are there? Like there's a secret, not an entrance, but like there's a secret hole that like leads you to a different. Is there another one? Because I've only heard of one. There's only one. So there's one secret passageway that was not original to the Quarry Hill Cave. Um, it was made, the cave was open from 1950 to 1990 to the public. There were no gates, there were no walls. People could go in whenever they wanted because of that. There's lots of little holes and secret passageways. Actually, there's a, like a passage hole if you're in room 18 there's a spot on the wall, and if you drop something in that hole, it'll fall into the butter room. So that's the only other, like, secret. Um, I wish I wish it was a YouTube channel, because then I could go show you. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Um, do you like, uh, what fish can you find in the pond? Ooh, what fish? When I first started here, you for sure could find largemouth bass, sunfish or bluegill, um, perch, and then um, bullheads. This past summer, I haven't, I didn't hear of anyone catching any perch, and I don't know how common the bullheads are, but there are turtles in the pond. We have lots of painted turtles and at least two snapping turtles. I can only say at least because I've only seen two at the same time. Cool. Um... Have you ever rescued a painting turtle or seen one off off the lake? Um, I wouldn't say rescue. We have watched a painted turtle lay eggs. Um, That's pretty cool. We do get a lot of phone calls from people 
in Rochester asking us what to do when they find a turtle. So someone this year found a turtle trapped in their garden because they had a fence around it and somehow the turtle got into the fence. Um, our suggestion for anyone who finds a turtle is just to let it be. Turtles often leave the water when they're trying to lay their eggs or trying to find a mate. Um, and they can go up to a couple miles away from a water source if they have to. Um, so if you find a turtle, it probably knows its way back to where it's going. If the turtle's crossing the road, it is nice to help it cross the road in the direction it was moving. Um, question, so this actually happened to me. What, what would you do if I found a turtle on a football field? Cause, like in the football field, like I was walking to like my football practice and it was in the middle of the football field. In the middle, was it like actively digging a hole? No, it was just like sitting there. Was it, what kind of turtle? Painted, Painted. turtle? Um, if it was moving, I would, well, if I knew that someone was going to be using the football yeah. field, I would move the turtle. Um, I wouldn't necessarily move it to the a water source because I wouldn't know if that's the correct water source to take it. But I would move it off, and then if it kept trying to move it on, if it kept trying to walk onto the field, I'd move it off to the other side because that's probably just the direction it was trying to go. Okay. Um, what's the craziest thing that has happened here? Oh, goodness. It was actually this summer. I don't know if it's the craziest, but it's the one that came to my head. I was standing waiting for camp check-in, mm -hmm. and I had my clipboard. I set it down on the benches over back on the back side of the building, and all of a sudden I just heard this loud, like, bang and a bone fell from the trees and hit my clipboard like a bone a bone so i think because the bone had teeth marks in it and i think a squirrel had taken a deer bone up into the tree and was gnawing on it and it just dropped and i felt like the squirrel was throwing it at me i know the squirrel was probably not throwing it at me but it seemed very purposeful that the bone almost hit my head. Um, did you ever figure out what bone it was? Um, it was a it was a deer bone, but what part of the bone? I would probably say a leg. Um, cool. Uh, what's the coolest person here that you've met? Or like, I don't um, remember what I was. Sorry. No, no, that's a good question. Probably the most amazing person I have ever met here at Cory Hill. Um, his name is Kirk Payne. He doesn't work here anymore. He retired back in 2020. But I have just learned so much, so much of my teaching style and so much of just how a naturalist should be. Like, he is my role model. That, that's cool. I, um... Yeah, he's awesome. He's really big into falconry. Actually, right now, he just recently caught a new kestrel and he's teaching it how to hunt. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Have you ever taught a bird? I haven't. I've worked with our raptors here, but I'm not really trained in raptor training. Um, my sister used to work here. Her name's Cayenne. She works at a zoo down in Missouri, and she's actually starting some raptor training right now. So I've been able to hear about it, but I've never trained one myself. That That's cool. Uh, the fireplace. Yes. What was that used for? Like, what's the history of the fireplace? The one by the cave? Yeah. So that fireplace, some people think it was in a building, but it was never inside a building. It actually was built outside, and it was built as a lunch spot. So they used to have picnic tables, and the people who would come and work at Cory Hill from the hospital would stop there to eat, um, which was easy because the food was stored right behind the hill in the cave. Why was it blocked off the cave? 
cave in the fireplace. Why did it get blocked off? So we put the fence around the fireplace, not only to keep the fireplace a little bit more protected, but also to keep the hillside protected. So people had been walking up and over the hill, causing a lot of erosion. Um, and we want to just make sure that the hill stays good and hilly for <laughs> many years to come. <laughs> the cave was blocked off um, once again for erosion. People would go in. And I don't think many people were doing it to be rude or mean, but they would go in and see that other people wrote their names on the walls. So why shouldn't they write their names on the walls? Um, so we wanted to stop that from happening. We want to be able to use the cave to study science and animals and things like that. Um, so we blocked it off back in 1990. Um, I, really, I, I had a really good question, but I don't remember what it was. Do you have a favorite animal here at Cory Hill? Um, it would actually have to be the the turtle down in the tank, right, right down. The biggest one. Yeah. Do you know how old she is? How? Old? She's older than the building. The building's fifty years old. She is fifty-four, and she has a pretty cool story. She was bought by a kindergarten teacher, and the kindergarten teacher, the person who sold it to her, said it was a painted turtle. They learned it was not a painted turtle. And so they couldn't keep it in their kindergarten classroom. And she lived with that kindergarten teacher's family for 30 plus years until she came to live with us. Uh, what, what type of turtle is it actually? Uh, snapping it. turtle. Oh, dang, that's... Yeah, and I'm not afraid of her. She's a great snapping turtle. She what? would still snap me if I stuck my hand in front of her face. But she's oh, a yeah. lot slower, and so I can, I can work with her a lot easier. I can take her out. I can hold her. I can there, use her for programs. There are two myths or things that people say. If you peel the bark off of a birch tree fully, like mm -hmm. one circle, does it actually kill the tree? I, like, I don't know much about birch trees because we don't really have any in the park. But if you were to get enough of that layer and you would peel it all the way off, Yes, it would probably kill the tree. That actually just happened to one of our trees here by the pond. Um, there was a beaver, and the beaver chewed a circle around that oak tree. And that oak tree was probably 20-plus years old, and that oak tree won't live next year because the beaver chewed the bark off. Um, is it true that like the snapping turtle down there or any snapping turtle can bite your finger off? I believe that is true. I would have to look it up for sure. Um. But our bones really aren't as strong. Like, they are strong, but they can break easily. I mean, people break their bones all the I time. I broke my bone. So I think if it was a young snapping turtle, especially an alligator snapper, I'm pretty sure they could bite a finger off. Oof, that would, that would hurt. What's yes. the craziest animal encounter you've had, like with a bear, an alligator, or a leopard, or a cheetah, or whatever? Well, as you might have heard, people said they saw bear. It, well, we saw bear here in Rochester because they were caught on people's cameras. Um, we haven't ever seen a bear in the park. We had visitors who thought they saw a bear, but they were always people. They were never bears. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if I've had any crazy encounters in the wild. All, all of our animals here are pretty, like, tame. They're, that, that's I mean, they're, good. Like, they're not, they're not tame. We can't go and hold them, but they're pretty non-threatening we don't have yeah. rattlesnakes in the park um i had a garter snake i was taking a video of and i like brought my camera closer and he struck the video camera oh did it break um, no it didn't it didn't he didn't actually get it but it, it was a cool video because i didn't know what was gonna happen but um i've seen yeah there's lots of box elder bugs in here why is that so we've had drought this summer 
So we had, had, didn't have a lot of rain. And I guess box elder bugs thrive in droughts. They don't like it to be really wet. Um, and for whatever reason, our building is just their safe haven. So we probably have hundreds of thousands inside and underneath like our siding and things like that. And the problem is once one box elder comes, they leave a pheromone behind them and all the other box elders come. So even if you got rid of all of the box elders, that pheromone would still be left behind and the next day, other box elders would show up. Um, for our last question, is there anything that can help us improve the environment or uh, nature? Oh, definitely. I mean, just small things like picking up after your dog when you're out in the park. Um, a lot of times here, we find dog droppings in a bag on the side of the path. Why? And that's almost worse. Like if you're gonna pick up your dog's droppings, which you should, you should throw the bag away. Um, other things are just being educated, recycling, um, making sure we're not adding pollution, not adding graffiti to things in the park. After all, city parks like ours are enjoyed by so many people and all it takes is one person to ruin something for everyone. That's true. So just making sure you're respectful in nature and only using and taking what you need and yeah. Thank you so much for, your, for answering my questions and stuff. Yeah, I have one more question for you. Yep. What was your favorite summer camp that you've ever done here at Corey? Um, Probably actually the archaeology one with you. Yeah. That, had to be. that one is really fun. I have to say archaeology is one of my favorite camps to lead. But that's my last question. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for the interview. Yeah, absolutely. Time for a bonus question. Do you think that Corey Hill is haunted? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I don't like to be in the park at night. Um, so take that as you will. I don't think the Quarry Hill Caves are haunted. I know we do have a cemetery in the park. One time I was walking with a medium, which is someone who talks to... Yep. Yes. Um, and she said that she could feel the presence of a lot of people when we were near the cemetery. That makes sense. We're by a cemetery. Um, there is the Lost Cemetery, but we were just discussing it today, and the, the, the probability of it actually being here in the park is pretty low. Um, it was within 80 rods of the hospital. A rod is 30 yards, I believe. It's what, either 30 yards or 30 feet. What is um, what is the Lost Cemetery? So that's the Rosemont Cemetery. There are 72 people. We know who they are. We know what order they're buried in, but we do not know where they are buried. That's cool. Yeah. So there's, a, there's the new cemetery, which has 2,018 people in it. And we know where they are. We know what order. We know when they were buried. Is their that date next to everything. the rock maze? That one? Yep. Yeah. Near near the rock maze. Yep. That labyrinth. Um. Question. Have you ever encountered anything like ghostly or like something disappears or something like that? That that was my question. Um. No. One time I was in the cave mm -hmm. and I was with a group of kids and actually my sister and I heard this like voice this deep voice and I wasn't with any deep voiced humans and my heart dropped and I actually grabbed my sister by the arm and I was like wait no I'm the adult I can't be afraid and turns out it was just someone like talking from outside uh. like one of the windows but other than that no not really sometimes things happen around the building but there's a lot of us who work here and don't we don't always communicate so yeah uh. I attribute it to that that, that's cool. Is there anybody, who, are the male brothers buried here? 
The Mayo brothers are not buried here. So the only people who are buried here are going to be patients from the state hospital. Um, and they were only buried here in our cemetery if their families didn't have a place for them to go. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, that's my last question. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah.